welcome to the Scripture Study Project, our podcast dedicated to helping you discover the Scriptures in a fresh way, invest your mind and heart into your personal study, and connect to God in your everyday life. We are your hosts, Zach and Krista Horton, and this week we're studying section 89, sections 89 through 92. We're going to focus primarily on section 89, the very well-known word of wisdom, one of the most iconic revelations, and one that I think has been, uh, or is traditionally so narrowly viewed that we miss a lot of the power and a lot of the um import that can come from studying this section. Well, and it's interesting to think about the word of wisdom because we talk about the word of wisdom a lot, but like you said, this narrow, maybe this narrow view, because it's one that we could all, has become kind of a list of Mm -hmm. things. We talk about the word of wisdom, but thinking of it and expanding that study to really honing in on what these verses actually mean, rather than just listing off the things that we typically view the word of wisdom as. So anyway, I think it can be a a really interesting study and we're hoping that the things that we have studied and that we want to talk about today will be helpful in your study this week. Yeah. So to do that, um, on these episodes, we've been uh, discovering, investing, and connecting. And usually when uh, during the discover portion, we point out something Uh, an insight or a way to frame a particular study that helps you in your personal study. And this time we want to point out three things, actually, because I think the way that we traditionally view Doctrine and Covenants section 89 needs some adjustment. So I want to just point out quickly three corrections, three adjustments to the way that we view this that I think lead to that expanded view you're talking about, Krista. And the first is it's pretty common knowledge that at the very beginning of section 89 in verse 2, there's that line that says this revelation is given not by commandment or constraint, but by revelation and the word of wisdom. And I've heard people often describe that and say, see, the word of wisdom when it was originally revealed wasn't revealed as a commandment. It was just a suggestion. And then it later, of course, became a commandment. Now, the reception of the word of wisdom has kind of a, an interesting and a little bit confusing history. Um, there's conflicting accounts of how serious church members took it or not. But one thing that I uh, noticed in recent studies is in our current Doctrine and Covenants, verses 1 through 3 are listed as if they belong to the Revelation. However, if you go back and look at the 1835 Doctrine and Covenants and the way that the Word of Wisdom was printed in 1835 and in uh, a couple of successive years after that, it uh, the first three verses were not printed as part of the Revelation. They were printed as a preface to the Revelation. And there's debate, not, not debate, There's there's current ongoing study on why that is and whether or not it was actually received as part of the revelation or whether it was written later by Joseph himself or inserted by someone else. But it at least suggests the idea that this uh, may have been more revelatory and more binding than we sometimes think. Because if you start the revelation in verse 4, it says, Behold, verily, thus saith the Lord unto you, which is commandment language. Well, and it's really how the rest of the Doctrine and Covenants reads in many of it. Mm -hmm. So you can really see how that fits in, which 
I had never known before. And I think it's really interesting to think about it that way. So whether or not it was received as commanding revelation then or not, we don't know. Uh, another contextual detail is uh, part of the hesitancy at the beginning of these verses is because Joseph Smith is receiving this revelation in Kirtland, but he also has to write this to the saints in Zion. And as we've mentioned in previous episodes, there's some uh, some strain and stress between the two church centers in the 18, early 1830s. And so that might be part of the reason why the insertion of the phrase, not by way of commandment, uh, was made simply to not tread on those tensions too heavily. However, whether it was revelation or whether it was commandment then or not, it is commandment now. So point number two um, is these two words, also in verse two, uh, this says by the order and will of God in the temporal salvation of all saints in the last days. And those two words are interesting because they seem to be somewhat contradictory. Temporal, meaning temporary or physical or attached to this world, and salvation, which by its definition is not attached to this world. And putting those two words together, I think points at a very important truth. A cross-reference I always write next to section 89 is section 29, verse 34, where the Lord simply says that he does not give temporal commandments, meaning he doesn't ever give commandments that are only focused on temporal things. And yet when we study the word of wisdom, quite often the discussion is, well, why should you obey the word of wisdom? Because it's good for you, because it's healthy for you, right? But that's not the main reason or the only reason why this revelation was given, because God doesn't give revelations that are only temporal. He cares about the strength or the, the, the health of our whole soul, not just our body. And that's a good thing because a lot of the confusion and I think arguments that come about the word of wisdom is when we get overly focused on the health. For example, okay, we can't drink coffee, but energy drinks aren't specifically mentioned. What's the caffeine levels are the same. Energy drinks have this level of caffeine. And so if it's really about the caffeine, then why can't we do this? Or red wine has high antioxidant levels and a glass of red wine is actually healthy for you. And we get into those kind of discussions if all we're doing is focusing on the physical health. But if we understand that this is about our temporal salvation, it's about the health of our soul, it takes on a different meaning. And some of those, uh, I think, wrestles can be alleviated. And I love thinking of thinking of it this way because I think the more that maybe I get older or maybe the more that I study about health and wholeness, isn't that just how it is that it really comes in this whole package is that it hmm. seems very obvious, even though maybe that's not what we typically focus on, that God is very concerned about our whole health and that they are all so intertwined. Yeah. Hard to separate physical health from mental health and emotional health and spiritual health. Right. They all are intermingled and intertwined in such a way that um, makes sense that God would, would give these commandments together. Yeah. The third thing we want to point out is in verse three, uh, the word of wisdom is labeled a principle with promise. And that is interesting because, again, when we most often talk about the word of wisdom, we break it down to a list of practices, of do's and do nots. But the Lord's clear that this is meant to be more than just a simple list of do's and do nots. They carry with them some principles, 
some underlying reasons behind some of the practices that if we can get at those principles, if we can study those, not only will it explain some of the practices, but in my experience, it actually enlightens more practices for our spiritual health. Well, as we talk about principles with a promise, it was helpful for me to remember what a principle is. And a principle is really just a truth that's taught. And so for me, I always go back to the why of why I'm doing something or why I can't do something or why will I do this and why am I willing to do something. And um, so as you invest in your study of this section of the Word of Wisdom, um, the question that we're going to ask to invest more into your study is how could I be more spiritually healthy? And I think so much of that comes as we really dig deep into what these principles are. Are these important to us? Do they make sense to us? And why do you think that God would be giving us this as a commandment? So the question again, how could I be more spiritually healthy? Well, I I like that question a lot because it frames section 89 in a way that uh, removes it from its narrow focus on just the physical and just the practices to something that's more spiritual and something that's more principle-based. And so as an example, um, probably one of, if not the most well-known practice in the Word of Wisdom comes from verse 7. Strong drinks are not for the belly, but for the washing of your bodies. And we take from that that we don't drink alcohol, which we don't. Um, But there's a principle in that verse that I think is powerful and if understood would lead to some practices in addition to not just drinking alcohol. If you notice in this section, um, there's quite a few places where the Lord does this, where he says something is for this or only for this, but not for that. For example, the next verse, again, tobacco is not for the body. Um, Back up in verse five, uh, that uh, wine is only used in assembling yourselves together to offer up your sacraments before him. And so one of the truths I've come to learn about the Lord is that he gives us things with an intended purpose in mind. And when we use the things he's given us for that purpose, we're blessed. But when we use something for a purpose that was not intended, it often works to our detriment. Now, of course, that applies to alcohol. That's why we don't drink alcohol. It was not intended for us to consume and to to uh, to drink. But think of the other things that it could apply to. Whenever I bring this up with teenage students, uh, a lot of times their mind goes to their phones. And they'll talk about how well phones were meant to communicate. They're meant to connect and even maybe meant to uh, learn, uh, you know, from the vast wealth that's connected to you through your phone. But they probably weren't meant for distractions uh, or for video games um, or for a whole bunch of other things that we use our phones for. Now, it sounds weird to say, okay, getting distracted on my cell phone violates the word of wisdom. But If we believe that God gives us things with an intended purpose, then uh, we can use that principle to our spiritual health. I can focus on the things that have been given me in my life and using them for the purpose God intends, rather than getting distracted or pulled away by different intentions or different desires. Well, I really like that because I think a lot of the study of the Word of Wisdom becomes, you know, what we shouldn't be doing 
and thinking of it in this greater view of maybe how he intends things to be used. And the thing that I stuck out to me this time, actually, as we studied, was something that maybe has always stuck out from out to me because I'm very particular about eating in-season food, <laughs> fruits and vegetables specifically. We just had bad peaches tonight, right? Or tried to eat bad peaches. Well, and that wasn't because they weren't in season. That was because I bought them from a store, which is a big no-no <laughs> with peaches, but that's another story. Um, but yeah, they this idea of, um, and I, of course, I don't do it perfectly. I don't even have my own garden right now, but what I do know is how much sweeter and how much more delicious a food is, a fruit or a vegetable is when you buy that in season, when you're growing it in season. It's just sweeter. It's more nutrient dense. It's it's just better. Um, and I love thinking of this maybe in a spiritual sense. It says, I read verse 11 here. Every herb in the season thereof and every fruit in the season thereof, all these to be used with prudence and thanksgiving. And I think as we think of that with food, I think that's a great thing. That's a very temporal way to look at how we should be um, treating our food. But I also think what a great lesson it is for us to learn how that applies in our own spiritual capacities that we can... um, Remember that there's seasons and there's times that we can enjoy where we're at and we can be where we're at and being wise to our own personal seasons. Um, If we're always wishing for summer in winter, we never get to enjoy winter and vice versa. If you're a winter person, maybe you're always wishing for um, summer to never come because it's too hot or it's too humid like Zach has learned (laughs) as as we're acclimating to a new place. But... um, I think that an example that I think of is the the season of being a young mother. For me, that's applicable. For you, it could be anything else. But um, it's very easy to get stuck in the hard of, of the daily grind of what you're doing. Um, but if you're just wishing it away and not enjoying that season, even a little bit, even I know it's hard, um, you miss out on on the beauty or the goodness that that season can offer us. And I don't know if that's too much of a stretch, but I think that that um, can be a lesson that we can learn from the spiritual side of the Word of Wisdom. I think that's a great example because I have been in discussions of the Word of Wisdom where people get hot under the collar about whether or not they can eat vegetables or fruits and, well, we live in a different age now and there's preservatives. and But to understand that there's a principle there and not just to practice, I think, is to expand that discussion and that study. And I, I, I love that principle. Well, those are just two examples of something you could find to help you connect to God as you study. But of course, your study will give you your own principles. The Lord will speak to you and tell you uh, how you can be more healthy. What I love about this study is that it connects to something I know and love about the Lord himself. If you remember the story of the 10 lepers, when they come to Jesus, of course, he tells them to go show themselves to the priest and that they will be cleansed. And as they're going, one of them, of course, turns back to express gratitude, which is in the word of wisdom, right? That all things should be done with, uh, with prudence and thanksgiving. So being thankful for things is part of the word of wisdom. 
But as he expresses that gratitude, Jesus asks him, were there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? And then he says something interesting to this man, where he cleansed all of the 10, gave them a physical blessing of healing. To this man, he says, arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And I looked up that word whole, and it is more often translated in the New Testament, not as whole, but as saved. In fact, as an example of that, two chapters later, Luke chapter 19, the Lord says, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save, same word as Luke 17, to seek and to save that which was lost. In other words, um, one of the governing focuses of the Savior's ministry, both mortal and post-mortal, is our wholeness, is saving us from um, the things that afflict us, not just physically, but spiritually. And so I love that this revelation is one example that comes from a Lord who wants us to be whole and wants to seek for us and to help us to become that. So as you study this week, uh, I hope that testimony is confirmed in your heart and that he does teach you the principles and practices you need to be more spiritually healthy. Thank you for studying with us. We hope that you have a wonderful week and we'll see you next episode.